You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What is up, everybody? Welcome in. This is Benny and the Bets, a two-part edition show. We're going to be talking a little NFL Christmas weekend action. And then in part two, I, I couldn't think of a better guest to bring on here on Benny and the Bets, presented by PXG. My good buddy, one of my former co-workers over at BetSided. He is BetSided's uh, lead NBA insider. He's also an outstanding NFL content writer as well, an editor over there. Peter Dewey back on the show. What's happening, Pete? It's great to see you, man. Happy holidays to you and your family. You too, Ben, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. I was I was super excited when I saw I got your text this week that you wanted me to come on because, I mean, I feel like we've done uh, Christmas NBA a few years in a row now, so it's, this, is a, this is a nice little tradition we got going. Uh, Christmas NFL this year, too, so it's going to be a, a great sports day. I'm excited to, to get into it. As an NBA purist, how do you feel about the NFL trying to uh, you know, push itself and push its mighty muscles into uh, what is normally a very sacred day of, of basketball. Yeah, I, I got to say I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, Roger Goodell is going to take everything he can potentially get. Uh, this is all the more reason in my head that Adam Silver needs to not uh, back down and just hand Roger Goodell Thursday nights during the NFL season because they, they push primetime to Tuesdays until uh, Thursday night football is done. But I guess the NBA, you kind of... You're, you're up against it with it with the NFL. So at least uh, there's only three NFL games. We got five NBA games. Hopefully, uh, basketball will still be the, the focus of Christmas Day. At least in, in my house, it will be. All right. So for uh, our NBA breakdown, Pete and I are going to go through all five games on the slate. Uh, make sure you guys stick around. That'll be part two. But let, let's start with the NFL, Pete. Uh, obviously, it is taking over our, our Christmas weekend. Uh, it's a very fun time of the year, especially with three weeks left. There's uh, a lot of listeners of ours that are either involved in fantasy playoffs, they're looking to try and get some some last-minute bets in ahead of the new year. Um, I, I think what's been so fascinating about this year in particular, and I still believe this, when it comes to the futures market, like most years it feels like things are, are very much locked up at this point. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can say that wasn't the case last year. I think about the MVP race with Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Uh, going down until Hertz got hurt right around this time of year last year uh, before that game against the Cowboys. Now it feels a little bit more open. I feel like the Super Bowl, it still feels like it's the 49ers to lose, but then you have a lot of teams bunched up after them. Uh, same thing goes with you know a lot of these different awards at the end of the year. I think MVP remains uh, a fairly wide open race. I'm not necessarily convinced that that Brock has it in the, the palm of his hand. I think there's just too much movement each and every week. So as you're assessing the futures market heading into the final three weeks of the year, what stands out to you and maybe what jumps out? Yeah, the the ones that, that stand out to me, I think the, the biggest one for me is Lamar Jackson MVP, I think, is there's a lot of momentum for him to win that just because he has the head-to-head with Purdy. He has a head-to-head with Tua. And like, I know they're, they're five and a half point dogs on, on Christmas Day, but like, if he wins both of those games, I mean, I know the numbers may not be where some people want them to be in terms of the, his passing numbers, but how could you say he's not the MVP if they end up winning both of those games? So he's one of the guys um, that I think is, I'm very intrigued by. I think the MVP race may be decided on Christmas Day, depending upon how that game goes. Like if the Ravens upset, it's going to be huge for Lamar. If the 49ers blow them out, it's going to be really hard to, to stay away from Purdy. But 
Uh, that one's very interesting. I think you make a really good point about how like nothing is decided. Like we don't know the like for San Francisco is most likely going to be the one seed in the NFC unless something crazy happens these last three right. weeks. But the they AFC earlier in the year. Yeah, and the the AFC is wide open. Like. The Dolphins, in theory, could lose their next three games. They play Baltimore, Dallas, and Buffalo. Like, all three of those games are very losable games for the Dolphins. And you look at Kansas City's schedule to end the season, and it's three very winnable games. So, all of a sudden, it's like, well, if the Ravens lose a couple, if the Dolphins lose a couple, how does the AFC end up working out? So, um, it's very strange to see, I think, at this point, so so much wide open, not just in the conferences, but the Super Bowl, the MVP where we really don't know who's going to win, but I also think it gives you some opportunities where, you know, a Chiefs as a team where if you want to buy low on the Chiefs, like this is a spot to do it because Baltimore and Miami have to play each other. So somebody's going to lose that game and it gives the Chiefs a chance to get back in the conversation. Yeah, and the thing that I can't get over, and maybe I'm overanalyzing it, maybe there's a little bit of local bias on my end, but you mentioned the Chiefs schedule the rest of the season. They're home this week against the Raiders, um, going up against Aiden O'Connell then at home again against the Bengals with Browning. And then they're on the road against Easton Stick and the LA Chargers. And I keep going back to something that we've talked about for what feels like a couple weeks now on the show. And the numbers continue to move in their favor. And that's plus 450 to get the number one seed in the AFC. Right now, Baltimore, and rightfully so, is the favorite at minus 175 over on DraftKings. You mentioned Miami, a very tough schedule the rest of the way. They're currently at the two seed, but Pete, they could be the seven seed by the time the season is done if Buffalo ends up winning that division. I, I can't figure out why, given the state of the Chiefs defense and given their opponents, yes, there's problems on the offensive side of the ball for Kansas City right now, but I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that has a very easy walk towards that point, and given who Baltimore and Miami have to play, this one is smacking me in the face saying, bet me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. I, I, I think it's you. You hit the nail. Like the opponents matter so much. I think like you can look at the where the standings are, but like in theory, the Chiefs should win all three of these games, right? There's no way that they like they shouldn't lose any of these next three games. And it makes me me wonder just also going further. Like if we want to look Super Bowl and winning the AFC too, like. Does Kansas City getting three easy games at the end of the season versus these other teams having to grind out these tough games? Does that make them go into the playoffs banged up? Like Tyree Kill's already hurt. So, like, does that mean they're going into the playoffs banged up? Are they going into the playoffs lacking momentum in a, in a position where they haven't played their best football? And I think that also brings that into the consideration you mentioned it. Like, Miami could lose a division. I think Buffalo is another team you have to look at um in the futures market because they played some great football the last couple of weeks their point differential on the season i believe is over plus 125 plus 130 they're they've been uh fantastic um in terms of their margin of victory when they are winning so i still think there's a there's an argument to be made that it could be a, a the chiefs and the bills are still the two best teams in the afc and we might just not see that in this reflected in the standings until the end of week 18 for for all we know Buffalo is such a fascinating case study this year, right? Like oh, yeah. everything that should have gone wrong for them has seemingly gone wrong. And yet they have somehow found a way to remain competitive in an AFC that, you know, we thought might be a little bit top heavy. Instead, there's very few teams that seem like they really want to take over. Uh, but just even a few weeks ago, back on November 26th, I bet Buffalo at 22 to one to win the Super Bowl. And now that that line has gone down to about 10 to 1, 12 to 1, depending on where you shop, 
Uh, but you can still get good odds for Buffalo to win that AFC East. So as we sit here today, do you look at them and say, based on how they're playing, based on how they're going into the season, Miami's still trying to figure out the health status of Tyreek Hill, who I loved up until he didn't play last week as an outside non-quarterback MVP play. Do you look at Buffalo and maybe expect them to be the team that comes out of the AFC East this year? I think it's definitely possible. Um, I don't... I. I was out on the Bills uh, after they lost the Broncos. I was kind of like, oh, if they're going to lose to the Broncos, like, <laughs> the, the turnovers that they had, there's no way. And then they've come back and they've played some great football since then. So it's it's really hard to to kind of look away from them. And I think the, the thing with uh, Buffalo that's really important is they're starting to figure out this running game. And you look at the last few seasons, um, it's been kind of like Josh Allen's arm or die. Like that's just been their entire offense. And now all of a sudden, James Cook has looked like their best offensive player for a couple weeks. So if they can get the running game going uh, come playoff time, that's going to be huge in terms of keeping quarterbacks like Lamar, jo- uh, Lamar, Tua, Patrick Mahomes off the field instead of yeah. just like, hey, quick drives and then our defense is right back on. Like if they can do that, I think it gives, brings a whole different dynamic that we really haven't seen from this Buffalo team in the Josh Allen era, basically, like since they've become considered a contender where it really they really haven't had a proven running game in any of those seasons. So I think there's an argument to be made for them for sure. I, I think there's an argument to be made these last three weeks to bet them to win the AFC East. If you think they can win that game in Miami the last week of the season and you don't think the Dolphins are going to roll the next two weeks, which I definitely don't think they will. I think there's an argument to be made that, that they're they're a, a valuable bet to make. It's a uh, the way the AFC playoff picture is kind of played out, like I'd be shocked if Buffalo didn't get a wild card at least. I at this point, I'm kind of going to be shocked if they're not a top five seed. Like maybe yeah. Cleveland's able to hold them off, but I also think the Browns are kind of due for some regression with how they've been so reliant on their defense the last few weeks. Like eventually, Joe Flacco is not going to get it done in a, a crunch time spot, and they're going to lose. And you look at it, it's Buffalo's a game back. Like they're not that far off of, of being in that that five seed or AFC East title conversation. Yeah, and it took another epic collapse from Chicago to put Cleveland back in that driver's seat once again. And give some credit, I suppose. Flacco had over 200 passing yards in that fourth quarter, but this is the the third game in 2023 where the Bears have blown just a historic lead late in the ball game. And if we're talking about them winning even two out of those three games, Chicago with how they've played over the last five, six games with their improvements on defense and a little bit more consistency on offense, we might be talking about the Bears as a possible playoff team as well, if not for some of those collapses. All right, Uh, before we go into our favorite bets of Christmas weekend, there is one other feature that I'm curious to get your perspective on, and we talked briefly about Kansas City, but where they currently stand right now, they're 3-1 to to win the AFC. Um, We've talked about San Francisco as the, the reasonable favorite at this point, um, and, and certainly rightfully so. Um, I, do you look at Kansas City 7-1 to win the Super Bowl, 3-1 to to win the AFC? How much of that for you, if you're looking at Kansas City as maybe a value prop on the board, is purely dependent on them getting that number one seed? I wouldn't say it's... I wouldn't say it's purely dependent on the Which is a lot of, of betters don't just don't believe that this is going to be the year for them. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that it's dependent on them getting the number one seed, more so than it it's dependent on can somebody other than Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice like step up and be a proven option on offense. Because I think the issue really comes down to like I don't think that the Chiefs have been obviously they're one of the best home teams in the NFL in the Patrick Mahomes era, but like 
I don't think them being on the road, their defense has been so solid this year where I think they can kind of win anywhere. It's just a question of when you play in that road environment, you need people to step up and make an extra play or two. It's just kind of how it is in the NFL. And they don't have the playmakers right now that they can rely on to do that. Like This has been one of the more confusing Patrick Mahomes seasons because I feel like he's played some of his best football. And I mean, he's got what, four or five interceptions that have been dropped or tipped passes where it was not his fault this season. Like, and you look at the way those have gone, like we could be talking Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. And I think if they get the number one seed in the AFC, he has to be in the conversation again for the MVP because he's doing it with a supporting cast that has let him down time and time again. So I wouldn't count them out just because the Mahomes, Andy Reid, that team's been there. They have a ton of experience. I think that matters a ton. Like That's part of the reason I am not in on the Dolphins. There's very little playoff experience there. Two has never played in a playoff game. And we've seen them against over 500 teams. They're 0-3. They haven't beaten anybody of any substantial value. So these next three games for them is going to be really important. So I think that's where Kansas City, you kind of can say, they have some high-profile wins. They've played well in high-profile games. Uh, even that that Bills game, the way it ended, obviously was horrible, but they were in the game. Um, I think there's an argument to be made for them. I just also want to see where they end up because I think you might be able to get more value on them if they do end up as like a two or a three, and maybe they they fall like plus 800 to win the Super Bowl, and then you bet them then. One other quick thought before we go to break. If the Chiefs get the number one seed which is very much possible. We just talked about it, that mm-hmm. their value on the board at plus 450. Andy Reid is on the board at 250 to one for coach of the year. Obviously, it's probably not going to go to him. There's a very compelling case to be made for D'Amico Ryans, Shane Steichen, Kyle Shanahan even. Um, you know, I've put down bets. I think Kevin Stefanski is very deserving. I got him at 14-1 a couple weeks ago with what he's done with that Cleveland roster. Um, even Sean McVay, if the Rams make the play, like there's there's plenty of names worth consideration. But I, if the Chiefs get the number one seed again, I, I don't know why you don't put a couple you know dollars, a little bit of pizza money on Andy Reid because you know that that number will change drastically. It's just a matter of whether or not the voters will get on board. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I think that's one of those ones where you you put a sprinkle on it because it'll give you opportunity to potentially hedge elsewhere uh, with how the market goes. Um, and I think the coach of the year, too, we talk about futures being wide open. Coach of the year is wide open, too. You really look at it, You just named, what, five, six guys that you could go to? And, yep. like, Steichen and, and D'Amico Ryans have done terrific jobs. But if somehow both of those teams miss the playoffs with the way the AFC is right now, like, can they still be in the running for it? Does Dan Campbell get some votes from people? Like, there's a bunch of different names. And one of the people I'm going to throw it in here because you know I'm a Broncos guy, but like if Sean Payton brings this Broncos team to the playoffs after a one and five start, does he get some votes for coach of the year? I think there's so many guys that could be considered where getting Andy Reid at a price like that with a chance to say, oh, they finished number one in the AFC with the second best record in football. Like, how can you not consider that guy for coach of the year? And I think the price is, it's just mispriced, honestly, in the market at that number. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of mispriced, Dan Campbell, I, I think that is largely a reflection of all the preseason money that just came in on him and the Lions being sort of the sexy pick this year. I, I don't necessarily buy into the fact that he has been the favorite all season long. I think that's purely a reflection on the amount of money that has come in from the book. So I disagree with that. I, I don't think their level of play is indicative of him winning coach of the year, at least this year. He's done a great job for the last three years. He make the argument 
He's actually been a better coach the last two years than this year. So mm-hmm. remains to be seen. A lot to discuss, but you're right. Very much wide open. Peter Dewey is with us. He of bedside and also across the fan side and network. Take a quick break. On the other side, we will get to our NFL Christmas bets, props, and more. Stay with us. This is Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody, welcome back. Peter Dewey from BetSided is with us, my good bud, on the show for a two-part episode. Uh, if you guys are listening to this one, this is, of course, our NFL breakdown for the Christmas weekend. We will have part two on NBA Christmas, which, of course, is Peter's bread and butter. Uh, but given that everything he writes about has been just exceptional over the course of the last few years since I've gotten the chance to know him, I wanted to be able to have a two-part episode with Pete to be able to break down the slate. So we, we talked a little bit of Kansas City on the other side. Um, we'll get to that game coming up because it's one of three standalone games on Christmas Day. I guess when you're looking at that Saturday and Sunday, um, you know, the Bengals and the Steelers, I, I think is a little bit interesting. I, I initially uh, looked at that matchup thinking, okay, like if this is an ideal spot for Pittsburgh to finally step up and maybe make a case to try to keep Tomlin around, um, these are the spots historically where he has been better than anybody as a home dog straight up. Um, but Cincinnati is playing well and they escaped out of Minnesota with a win last week. Sunday, you have some very intriguing games, notably Cleveland and Houston. Um, Jacksonville and Tampa Bay is a very interesting game with the Bucks now becoming short favorites at home. Uh, and then of course the Cowboys and the Dolphins, uh, with both of those teams trying to position themselves at the top of their respective conferences. So before we get to the Christmas games, uh, tell me what, uh, has caught your eye for Saturday and Sunday's action. Yeah, I have two two bets that I played so far. One I got very lucky with. I took the Browns plus two and a half on Tuesday morning, Monday morning before uh, the CJ Stroud concussion news. I just I wasn't sure he was going to play. That line has obviously moved to Browns minus two and a half. I still kind of like them. I, I don't 
I don't know about this Texans offense with Case Keenum running the show. They did not look good against the Titans last week. Uh, kind of got bailed out late in that game. And I think this this Cleveland defense, you look at I was, uh, the Jets-Texans game. Jets have one of the best defenses in the NFL, one of the best pass defenses. Houston couldn't really move the ball. Nico Collins is still banged up. Tank Dell's out for the year. And now you go and face a Cleveland team that has the best pass defense, I believe, in uh, net yards per pass attempt allowed this year. Yeah. Um, in the NFL. So now you got to face them with your backup quarterback. Not really bad. I think uh, Joe Flacco escapes another week of being mediocre, but everybody's excited about him because uh, this Cleveland defense just continues to to hold up for him. And then the other one I like, I like Dallas to win against Miami. I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Miami's 0-3 against teams over 500. They have wilted against legit competition. Um, I think this Dallas defense is tough. They're going to give Tua some problems. And if Tyree kills at less than 100%, I don't want to say Tua's success is primarily dependent on Tyreek because he did play well last week against the Jets, 21 of 24 um, for, I believe, 224 and a touchdown. But I just don't know if if this Miami team is, is as good as everyone wants to think they are. When you look at their schedule, everybody they've beaten up on is not a good football team. Like almost every single team they've beaten is out of the playoff conversation um, outside of maybe Denver at this point. And they killed Denver when the Broncos were playing their worst football. So uh, I don't buy them winning a game against the over 500 team. I faded them every single time they played one this season. I'm just going to keep doing it until they prove to me they can win. Yeah. Uh, one of the other bets that I like for that early slate is Gardner Minshew to throw an interception. Right now you can find that pretty much even across the board, minus 115, um, I know that Indianapolis has been better at trying to get their run game established. Just open up some play action. Minshew has played pretty well. The, the Falcons need to make some plays in their secondary. Their season is on the line. You can certainly make the argument that they blew their season in that loss to Carolina last week. I think at home, you're going to see a much more improved Falcons team that has actually done a better job of taking the football away uh, in their home stadium as opposed to on the road. It's an environment that I think is going to suit them well. And it uh, wouldn't surprise me if Minshew, given his aggressiveness, uh, maybe turns the football over a, a little too much as well. Uh, and then for that other early slate as well, I, you know, I you you brought up some interesting points. Um, I I like if we're considering, uh, I like to do some some underdog money line round robins. I have one this week, Peter, with Pittsburgh, um, Carolina, Houston, Arizona, and Tennessee. Um, you know, the only ones that I I have a little bit of concern about. Um, is Carolina. They're at home against Green Bay, and the Packers certainly are, are vying for some contention. But again, Carolina has actually been playing better of late. And again, you build off some confidence in Green Bay, has had some struggles over the last couple of weeks as well. We know about Kyler Murray on the road versus at home. Chicago now out of playoff contention. I could see another opportunity where Arizona comes back in Chicago. Uh, and then just, you know, you got teams like Houston and Tennessee and Pittsburgh that just they're ideal matchups at home. I know you're on the Cleveland side, but I do think there's a little bit of value in taking Houston at home where they have been better, where they have been consistently um, better on the defensive side of the ball. They've taken the football away. Flacco has turned the ball over five times. So we're, we're maybe on opposite sides of that, but I think you got the better number uh, with Cleveland. And then some props will probably be coming up a little bit later on this week. Yeah, I think I agree with you with that. Houston moving to a dog, I, I like it a lot more. I, the reason I took the Browns earlier in the week is Houston, I believe, is one in three against the spread as a home favorite this year. They've really struggled. I think the only time they covered was against Denver. Um, so that was my thinking early in the week when I saw that number. I was like, I think this is going to be a defensive game anyway, so I'll take the points. 
But I agree with you. Now that it's flipped, worth taking a shot on on them as a, a dog. I love the Arizona pick. I think they might win this game too. I, I just don't. It's not even. A, it's not a Justin Fields thing or anything. I just don't think the Bears, like talent wise, uh, are that much better than the Cardinals, where the Cardinals should be four point dogs. Like I think it. it it's a kind of a, a pick them type of scenario where Bears are at home. They're going to get a couple points because of that. But I don't think it's it's a crazy mismatch. Um, where the way odds makers kind of have it this week. So, and I agree with you. Tomlin's a home dog. I mean, it's hard, especially against Jake Browning. Like Jake Browning's played great. Don't get me wrong, but that, uh, it just feels like a weird spot. And if Kenny Pickett is able to play, I know he practiced yesterday. Like I feel like that gives the Steelers a little bit more of a boost than, uh, if they go with Mason Rudolph, it's everything about Pittsburgh right now just feels off. But again, I I'm backing the trend. I'm backing the fact that I think their defense Back at home where they've lost some bad games this year has to have a little bit of pride in the mix as well. But it's they're fascinating. And I, I can't help but wonder, maybe this is a maybe this is a hot take. Um, I I think Tomlin, if he does end up parting ways with Pittsburgh, um, that I I could see it being in like how do I put this slightly? I, I don't know if it'll necessarily have the impact of Andy Reid leaving Philadelphia and going to Kansas City, but I believe Mike Tomlin can coach, and I think the numbers, especially with how he coaches his guys up, uh, represent that. Given the fact that he's the best coach, uh, probably in NFL history, as an underdog, straight up and also covering the spread. Their teams are in every game, and he has not had the benefit of a decent quarterback over the last few years. And they've brought in some guys that he's tried to turn around, and just they haven't been able to do so. George Pickens certainly comes to mind. You know, Antonio Brown, the talent was there, but just not somebody that was you know in tune with what was going on. So. Pittsburgh's weird. They they might show up this week or they might get blown out by 20. You, you never really know. Before we get into Christmas games, Peter, did you know that if you throw down on big matchups this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, this week, new customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL and score $150 instantly in bonus bets. So you're looking to, to go ahead and, and get in on Kansas City this week. Um, they are a 10-point favorite. In the daytime against the Raiders, total 41. If you want to lay down Kansas City as a minus 520 money line favorite and parlay them with the Eagles and the 49ers, you can do all of that. And again, there is a great opportunity to take advantage, especially if you're a new player, because you get $5 bet and you can score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the code KCSN, and new customers can bet $5 on NFL action and score $150 instantly in bonus bets. It's only available on DraftKings.com. Use the app, use the code KCSN. DraftKings, the crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Just call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Must be 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after they are issued. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions and terms along with responsible gaming resources. All right, Pete. Chiefs at home. 10-point favorite, total certainly sitting in this game, a nice low number here uh, for a Chiefs game, but it's kind of been the the, the trend for the last few weeks uh, for Kansas City. Uh, I think I'm, last time I checked it, it's, uh, I'd actually I lost it. 
Um, Chiefs are coming in right now with a total of, wait for it, wait for it, wait, 41. Um, usually the Chiefs are not a team that I like to lay this type of points on, uh, even against a team like the Raiders. Uh, and if anything, I'm probably going to stay away from it again because of the fact that the Raiders are playing significantly better under Antonio Pierce. And the Chiefs just aren't that type of team, especially this year, that are covering big spreads, especially at home. Call me crazy. I'm going to lay the time with the Chiefs. Okay. I I th- I think they're going to win this game and, and win it going away. The last time they played these Raiders, uh, you know, one of the first games I believe Antonio Pierce coached was a head coach. They were down fourteen nothing, came back one by se- uh one by fourteen. Yes. Um, and I I'm not by- I think the Raiders, the win over the Chargers was kind of whatever. I'm kind of throwing that game out. I'm trying to take that out of my my mind because I get that they won big that Chargers team it's not even a football team basically at this point Brandon Staley was on his way out they didn't have Justin Herbert short week I I didn't really like want to put too much into that result and I just think Mahomes numbers against the Raiders are kind of crazy he's 30 and 4 uh, straight up against the AFC West all time 10 and 1 against the Raiders 29 touchdown to 3 interception ratio Um, he's played fantastic against them played great against them in that game earlier this season now this one's at home. I'm kind of willing to lay this number. Uh, Chiefs get an extra day of rest too, playing on Monday afternoon. So I'm going to go Kansas City minus 10. I just have a hard time. I think the Chiefs defense is very solid. I have a hard time thinking Aiden O'Connell is going to be able to keep this thing close. Um, I think he's just, everybody is probably going to overvalue the Raiders after that win last week. I'm throwing it out. Give me the Chiefs. All right, Chiefs at minus 10 for Pete. I'm probably going to be leaning under in this game. If you shop around, you can find it at 41 and a half. Remember, and I've talked about this on Twitter, uh, as well as the other social media places and on the show as well, Chiefs second half unders, 13 and one this year. Chiefs fourth quarter unders, 13 and one this year. The Raiders have also gone to the under. They've got 11 and three to the under over their last 14 games. So this feels like another underplay. Uh, whether or not they can keep it close and maybe backdoor into that 10 remains to be seen. Uh, but you like the you like the Chiefs to cover. Uh, I'm going to go with the under uh, in this matchup as well. A couple other games on the board for Christmas. You got the Giants and the Eagles. Another big spread. Eagles are, that feels like too many points. And yeah, it's Tommy DeVito, and I'm not buying into all the magic and him charging 20 grand to go get a picture of a sandwich with him. Um, and yeah, Philadelphia is coming back home, and they need something to rally around. But 12 points that struggling in a divisional game. Pete, what are we doing here? I'm, I'm taking the Giants. I agree with you 100%. This is this is crazy. Um, cr- couple stats I found, Ben. This one I thought was wild. Eagles obviously haven't won in December. Their last win by 13 or more points. Do you want to know the date? The I- last Eagles win by 13 points or more? Yeah. Um... I assume it goes back to to last year, maybe like week 10 of last year. No, so not that bad. But October 22nd against Miami, they won by 14. So it's been two months mm-hmm. since they won a game by two touchdowns. Wow. It's been a while. But the other thing I found interesting, they're 3-1-1 one, one against the spread as home favorites. Their margin of victory in that game, their average margin of victory is 6.2 points. So they're not blowing anybody out, even at home when they're favored. Um so I, I like the Giants to cover here. I know they didn't cover against the Saints last week, but I think DeVito getting hurt in the middle of the game kind of hurt them there. They didn't weren't really able to run the ball that well, um, which is what they're going to have to do with him under center. But I, like you said, division game, and Jalen Hurts has not been himself the last few weeks. I, I can't lay this this number with the Eagles. They they haven't looked like a, a, a playoff team, honestly, the last couple of weeks, even though they're obviously going to be in there. So I 
will gladly take the Giants at this number. Yeah, I, I think you and I are both in agreement here. Hopefully, uh, the number continues to climb. In fact, I just checked it, Pete. It's already moved from 12 and a half to 13. So now you get the Giants at plus 13 on the board. That's probably one that after we uh, after we close the show today that I'm going to go ahead and jump on over. <laughs> hey, last one, arguably the game of the week. Ravens on the road. Uh, they're getting five against the 49ers. Total of 47. Um, listen, I, I think we both agree that the, the 49ers are the class of the NFL right now. Uh, but Baltimore always seems to hang around in a lot of these games. It's the the times where they're big favorites where I tend to trust them less because those are when they kind of take their foot off the gas pedal. I know they can contend with San Francisco and make this game close. So five feels like it's a little too much as well. I think I'm leaning underdog here, but I haven't made a bet yet. Yeah, so I, I did bet this one. This is my best bet of the week, actually. Okay. I think the Ravens plus five and a half. All right. um, yeah, you know I'm a Lamar Jackson guy. I, this is the Lamar MVP statement game. I'm hoping they win this one outright. I'm debating if I'm going to want to sprinkle on that. But Lamar in his career as an underdog, 11-2 and two against the spread in 13 games. They won outright in their one game as a dog this season against uh, Cincinnati. And the 49ers... I think this is the spot where a lot of people, this 49ers defense, we just take them on paper. Oh, they got Nick Bosa. They got all these guys. They're, they're a great defense. They're 28th in the NFL in EPA uh, per play against the run. Who runs the ball the most in the NFL? The Baltimore Ravens on over 50% of their plays this season. Um, 49ers allowing 4.3 yards per carry. I think the Ravens can kind of keep this offense off the field and just ground and pound. That's what they want to do anyway. And I also think the Ravens defense is being underrated coming into this game. They're number one in points allowed, number one in yards per play allowed. And everybody's just kind of like throwing that out the window like, oh, it's it's the 49ers. Like, I, I don't know. I know San Francisco's look great after the bye, but like their win over Jacksonville doesn't look as impressive to me anymore. Jacksonville has looked horrible. Their win over the Eagles doesn't look as impressive to me anymore because the Eagles have been horrible. So I think this Baltimore team right now, I think they're the second best team of football. They obviously losing Mark Andrews was tough, but I think they can hang around in this game. This kind of matches up the perfect way for how Baltimore wants to play. They want to run the football. They want to ball control and they're going to rely on their defense. I think that's going to be what gets them the cover in this game. I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. Hopefully I'm right. And they can cover that five and a half. I love the fact that you brought up Lamar's record against the spread because it leads into two great stats as we close out the show today. So you mentioned Lamar 11 and two against the spread over the course of his career. His, I saw this from our, our guy, Evan Abrams over at action network. So his against the spread win percentage, which is just under 85% as an underdog, the second highest in the last 20 years for a quarterback with at least 10 starts. Do you know the only player, Peter, that has a better against the spread winning percentage as an underdog in his career? It's an underdog. It said, you said 10 plus games, right? Uh, 10 or more. Yes. 10 or more. It's now Teddy Bridgewater. I was, I was, I was thinking it would be big. Is is big Ben fit into that? I was, that was going to be my guess. He's he's on the list. He's, um, above 500 straight, straight up as a dog in the last 20 years. Uh, it's Lamar, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. And the answer to the trivia question, Patrick Lamar Mahomes. Mahomes is spread as an underdog in his career. And also there have only been two games Besides the game against the 49ers on Monday, where Lamar Jackson has been an underdog of four and a half points or more, both of those games came against Kansas City in Kansas City, one in 2018 and one in 2019. Everything always comes back to the Chiefs. It always does. 
Great stuff, Peter. Looking forward to continuing our conversation in part two of our show as we go through the NBA Christmas slate. Uh, There's so many different places that I know that people can find you, but mainly where can folks go? Where can they check out your work and where can they also follow your bets? Yes. Uh, so you can go and check out my stuff on fanside.com slash betside. That's where you'll get uh, my uh, NBA column every single day. I also have been picking every single NFL game straight up and against the spread all season long. That's normally released every single Wednesday. So you can find that stuff there. Um, I'm usually tweeting stuff out on my Twitter at Peter Dewey too, which I believe is on screen right now. And yes. then track all of my bets uh, in all of my stories. I have a link to my bet stamp uh, at Peter to Dewey. But then I also track all of my NBA plays in a spreadsheet because that goes back for now three seasons. So if you want to look at every single NBA bet I've taken since the 2020-21 season, uh, you can go and take that gander. It's like a couple, a little over a thousand plays. So it's a long, a long list. But uh, if you want to do that, be my guest. Um, so that's, yeah, that's where you can find all my stuff. And so for for anybody who is like, well, I don't know if I'm necessarily an NBA guy. I don't know if I want to listen to part two of this episode. Uh, can you let the people know where your your record currently resides when it comes to NBA bets? Yeah, so uh, this year I'm I, I'm ninety four eighty four and four. I'm just under a unit. had a had a rough week so far this week, but over the since the twenty twenty one twenty two season, uh, seven nineteen six forty two and thirteen for plus thirty eight point six one units uh, right now. So been uh, that's my specialty. I, I live breathe basketball. So uh, if you re- want to bet Christmas basketball, this is this is where you want to be. No doubt. So stay tuned. Part two on the other side. Pete, you're the best, man. Looking forward to talking some hoops coming up next. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.